all I want is to be the the queen of all this. The what? The queen. The ruler of hideous forces. So I could do anything I wanted. Anything at all. The queen of horror. What do you think? The queen of horror, eh? Is that all you want? Um... Hmm. Oh, well. Why not? Very well. I hereby dub thee Marlene, the horror queen. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you did a dubbing motion on the podcast. Wait, can, I can we to... take a moment to call out that the O-hum was supposed to be read dreamily? <laughs> it's, what is this, a screenplay? <laughs> Are there stage directions here? I mean, we did pretty good. Not bad for the first run. Did you I guys think that was perfect. good? <laughs> uh, Listen, I'm I'm no if, if I'm your, Winnie Paltrow here. If do I'm, we want to do it? Do your, we need to do it again? No, no. you get one take here. <laughs> yeah. okay. No. Hello, welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And Josh, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, we are very belatedly going to cancel Lilla Pearl. <laughs> 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 She's gotten away with her crimes for, uh, what, 30 years? She for may say them, them were the times, but <laughs> she, she should have known better. a different time. <laughs> yes. So... Yeah, we're whenever we are gonna cancel Ms. Pearl, is it because we're reading a certain book? Oh yeah. It's Marlene, the horror queen. And tonight to help us understand this book and discuss it is our first three Pete guest, Whoa. Crystal Lane. Insert <laughs> <laughs> some crowd noise. <sighs> All the way from Austin, Texas. In uh- the flesh. Woo! First pandemic guest. All of oh all, th- all three of them unvaccinated, coughing on each other, just <laughs> no! spreading folks. So a, lies, a, a super not spreader a event, in, in, not a mask in sight. Uh, <laughs> living in the moment. <laughs> Everyone, not, wear your masks, wash your hands, don't, keep socially distanced, and don't podcast. It's not advisable <laughs> by the CDC. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard it's Mr. Bron- Fauci. Dr. Fauci, sorry. I, he should come out against podcasting, I think, in general. I uh, turn up the mask. Fine with it, as long as you've got your hashtag Fauci ouchie. Is that what they call it? I've seen a lot of hashtag Fauci ouchies. Uh, I call it hashtag Fauci mark of the bouchy. <laughs> sorry. You're not going to heaven. That's what I heard. Well, now I'm not. I mean, I wasn't I mean, you weren't anyway. before. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm a Mormon. Right, We're going straight right. to hell. Oh, yeah. Well, only Catholics get to They're heaven. They're all there. No, it's a, it's, jo- it's people like Josh, evangelicals. Oh, yes. okay, sorry. The good ones. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Don't pray cool. to Mary and don't uh, do whatever you guys did at Temple. Be baptized pray, for Anne Frank. Pray to okay, Joseph yes. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. John 3, 16. Yeah. <laughs> if, That's if you, the only Bible verse right. I know. If you have ever held up a John 3... 316 sign behind a field goal post during a game wearing a giant clown afro 
you get into heaven, mm-hmm. no questions asked. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. God uh, or St. Peter will say, you did the work. You got that on CBS oh, at noon is- on Sunday. People <laughs> saw it. They went to the Bible and were like, I've, what is this? Quick question. Is John 316 the as I have loved you, love one another? No, no. Jessica, you really didn't grow up in the real <laughs> No, I You really aren't getting into heaven. No. Like, wait, what was John 316? For God's yeah, love. And so he John, gave his, John, Josh, wait, is it that he sh- gave his life Shush, first? Josh and I are going to do it. John 316, here we go, Josh. Okay. For, For God, God so loved, so the, loved the, the world, world oh, yeah. that he oh, gave his ever again. begotten son. Only begotten son. Only begotten son. son. Excuse <laughs> me. And this is why I don't and that's come the, to Springfield. That's today. all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> I live here and I don't know Something it. about you're going to hell if you don't believe I was going to sing a Mormon song with hand motions Amen. to yes! it. song I thought it was. I yes. thought it was. Let's all just sing Father Abraham. Song. I think all, all religions know and love that song. Do, do you guys know the song? Book of Mormon stories. No, that my obviously. Oh. Why would we know that? Oh, you're so Are cute, about though. the David Knights and right. ancient history. No? Here's no a song that all denominations okay. know. It's called The Golden Magical Tablets. Do <laughs> 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 oh, you guys know the song Families Can Be Together Forever If You Get Sealed in a Temple for All Eternity? No, that's Mormon a long, church. That's but a song. A title. But a song I think that everyone knows from every denomination is Friends Are Friends Forever. Because anytime like one of your sixth grade chums moves, uh, two two <laughs> girls get up there and sing to their friend. I'm not going to sing it, but at least in wait, the are you talking? Is that a real religious song, or are you talking no, about the Friends I, I Forever Saved by the Bell yeah. song? That's Friends, Friends Forever. Forever. Not yeah, oh. no, he's they're two different songs. Oh, we would often do uh, when friends left. We do boys to men. So hard to say goodbye. Oh yeah, that's good. To yesterday, that's yeah, a banger. But like, yeah. in choir voice. We did oh, end of the road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, end of the road. Because we just assume they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> you just assume it's a horrible breakup. <laughs> Which is what that song is about. We do crossroads. Uh, yeah, oh, cross, crossroads is a great church song. Uh, also, when uh, love to do one sweet day. My favorite oh, church yes. song is first of the month it's just my favorite wake up wake up it's, it's the, the first, first of the sunday month. of the month actually you could probably re- rework wait, that into on. a church song really harvey, easily harvey might remember this better and i'm 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 combining oh. podcasts here this is harvey from crossover yeah from josh's podcast and she was also raised mormon i think it was the last i can't remember if it's the last sunday or the first sunday of every month that mormons would have fest and Fast and testimony services. So you would fast from sundown the previous day to sundown on Sunday, right? And then at our church service, we would just have a testimony meeting instead of people talking. Like Mormon services are weird, but instead of just like someone giving a talk about like why we should be clean for temple work, people would just, everyone would have the mic and we just pass it around to whoever wanted to give their testimony about why the church was true. And they would always get up and be like, I know the church is true because... The church is true? Like the Mormon church is the true church. The did one and say, only oh, true church. Did anyone say, I know, the, I know the church is true because I was born into it and my parents told me it was true. <laughs> and I, I would, was born hey, this way. Josh, for the Bible Sorry. tells me so, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of it was just Little like ones people to him belong, sharing. Like, they would share like really weird stories. And I remember as a kid just being so fucking bored. But one guy, I remember, got up there and he gave a speech and he just said something like, well, I thought about it 
and I prayed about it. And then I thought about it and I prayed about it. (laughs) And then I thought about it and I prayed about it some more. And that became like a running joke in my family was to take this poor guy (laughs) who said that. Did it end with I didn't beat off? What was no, it, no, I, I he it, was just talking about why the church is true. Like, he came oh. to the realization because he thought about it and he prayed about it and he thought about it and he prayed about it. Good but, like, grief. my family and I would just take that, and every time we had like a decision, yeah. we'd be like, Well, well I, thought I thought about it, it and then I prayed about it, and then I thought about it. That's pretty good. That's a good, that's a good callback. It's a good family joke, right? Well, as fun as it's been the last two episodes to talk about Mormonism for long stretches of time, <laughs> mm-hmm. what but are we it, here to It really ties do? into this book, right? There's a lot of Mormon characters, and it's on theme. Well, there is an old writer again. Oh, how old? Can we just what book are we doing first? You we already said. It. Oh, did we? Yeah. Yeah, let's go into the it's going to the author. Well shit, here we go. Let's talk about Lila Pearl. By the way, I'm on vacation this week, so I'm just like drunk all the time. Yeah, she's just mm. oh man, oh man, she's slammed. Ooh, a mess. Okay. No, uh so Lila Pearl, born in nineteen twenty one. This book was published in nineteen eighty five, therefore. She was 64 years old when this book was published. Wow. It's never too late. Never yeah. too late for your dreams. Guys, never to shoot for the stars. Never, never too, too late. Never too late to write about a monster queen. To write about, yeah, like <laughs> horror movies. Well, she started off with um, the Fat Glinda series. No. Oh, boy. Boo. And by the what? way, I think I don't know about the that one. inscription at the beginning of the book, she said, Antithika, it all began with me and Fat Glinda. <laughs> Which was the name of one of her early books. Apparently, she also had a book called Pie Face and Daphne. (laughs) That sounds okay. (laughs) What is Sounds better than me and Fat Glenda. Yeah. Um, To think it began all with me and Pie Face. (laughs) (laughs) The worst Dick Tracy villain is Pie Face. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Cube Head. It's Pie Is Cube Head a villain? No. I, what? So. Are you thinking of Flat Hammerhead, top? the Marvel villain? <laughs> Ironhead? Flat, flat top? top mumble uh, mumble there mouth? You go. Mumbles. Uh, okay, just mumbles. Yeah. Uh, it, who was, uh, I'm just going to spoil the Dick Tracy movie, but who was Madonna? Because she Breath- was the villain. Breathless, Breathless Mahoney? Nope, she was Breathless Mahoney, but wasn't the she blank. the question? The blank. The blank. Yeah. The she blank. was the real villain. That was you the twist. You need to brush up on your Dick Tracy. Have you not seen the movie? No. Oh, oh well, I did. No, I did. I did in like uh, 1991. Special yes. podcast. We're I, gonna make you I watch it. I watched it 30 years Blake, ago. Blake, have you the... not collected <laughs> all of the pieces at McDonald's and all of the collector's cups? Blake, <laughs> did you not have the Hardee's Dick Tracy how, watch thing where you would like? How did they try to market that to kids? Like what? Madonna. Yo, what kids else do love you need? Madonna. No, I, I loved I, Madonna. Oh yeah, Vogue. Play. Okay. Vogue. Well, I was a bo- I was a boy though. Okay. No, I I, I was so, so into that movie. They they had the, I was the character of the kid was to appeal to us because I'm I'm yeah. I'm a kid too. Yeah, and they had all yeah. like the bright colored like it was, it was suits, very bright. gigantic yeah. zoot suits, and it was just all very colorful and comical. Also, uh, I had a breathless Mahoney T-shirt. Ooh. I wished I still had it because I was like really chubby, so it probably still fit me. And I tried to find it, and people fucking Depop. People are trying to sell it for like two hundred dollars. No, I hate them. Like that was literally Sacrilege. like a four dollar Walmart T shirt my mom bought me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I do have to make a confession here. Uh, what I did, just did like, you not finish the book? I've been because I've made no, I've made this confession no, before in the past. I finished the book, but it I have, go over well. <laughs> I've been sitting here like nodding and like, mm-hmm. yeah, what's wrong with Blake? He hasn't seen it, but I don't think I have seen it. <laughs> I do, but I definitely know. <laughs> As someone who saw it 30 years ago, I look down on you. 
I don't remember it. But I remember Madonna. I remember Madonna's character, even yes. though I don't remember seeing. She's a very seductress. Do you even know who yeah. Pruneface is? Singer. Oh, Pruneface. His head was like a prune. Yeah. <laughs> Come it's on. all there in the name. Yeah. So what were you saying about? Oh, Lisa Pearl. What's her name? Lila. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Listen, she wrote more than sixty books of fiction and nonfiction. Um, she died in 2013 at the age of 92. God, you know, I hope Damn. our generation lives that long, but we, we won't. won't. We won't. Mm-hmm. We won't. Come on. Brother Brother die when we're 52. Our parents um, will bury us, folks. <laughs> we got a good uh, 15 years left in us. <laughs> it's not going to be a good 15 years, buddy. <laughs> no, oh, no, guys, we're just no. going downhill from here. I also found interesting that she wrote some nonfiction books. One was called Behind Barbed Wire, the story of Japanese internment during World War II. Whoa. Yeah. Heavy. Oof, I know. For the woman who wrote Fat Glenda, that seems really <laughs> heavy. Yeah. And then To the Golden Mountain, the story of the Chinese who, Chinese who built the Transcontinental Railroad. Wow, can a we lot about her, human suffering. But can we give her props for not saying Orientals? Is she is she herself Asian, of Asian descent? Of, oh, I don't know. I don't That's just... Can I say that my wiki and the uh, Scholastic uh, website I found told me nothing about okay. her heritage? Did you come across any information about why she wrote, about her thoughts on Marlene? Because there is a little... Uh, do you want to read it to us uh-huh. a little bit? Just because I do think it's interesting in interpreting this book, because, you know, I know we're going to get into it, but just mm-hmm. coming out on the other side of this book, it's like, there's nothing about horror in this. But uh, she said of her motivation in creating Marlene, the horror queen... That she loved the challenge of writing a realistic horror story. Realistic. And, it, and explains that many of us have felt at times like the helpless victim of a mean, taunting enemy. We've ached to get even in some wild, dramatic, and thoroughly delicious way. Mm-hmm. It was fun translating Marlene's thoughts of revenge into action. I've always mm. wanted to on a bag over my head and just <laughs> stab the shit out of the camp counselors who neglected me as a child. Whoa, whoa. There are things you guys don't know about me from the early 80s. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Are we just, just going to tell intense revenge. all of our revenge fantasies and who we want to murder and how? <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had prepared mine. <laughs> oh, I can come up with mine because guess what? They're the fuckers that I stalk on uh, LinkedIn. And then I realize, oh, they can see me stalking them because it's LinkedIn. And I yeah. hate LinkedIn. I don't like you know, how that can, works. You can set it as private so that. People don't see that you. I thought you had profile. to pay for that. I thought that was LinkedIn Premium. I don't know. Oh, because I'm like I'm not paying for that <laughs> shit. I guess this bully from high school will know that I looked well, at his profile. Here's here's all I will say what? is it would be very hard to connect motive if I were to track down my <laughs> eighth grade bully, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a suspect. That's- you know what I mean? If I could get away with it, this guy hasn't thought about me in uh, you know decades. If I went and found him and killed him, as long as I didn't, like, someone didn't see me or whatever, I could definitely... Or you didn't leave any telltale evidence. Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingerprint. But I wouldn't... That is... I wouldn't be a suspect. That is a very scary thing to say out loud on a live podcast. (laughs) It's live to the internet. (laughs) Right now. It's it's a live stream. (laughs) I say that as someone who has a lot of haters who could come for Uh, me uh, and be very hard to prove because there's so many... 
But well, let's it, go ahead and bring in our other guest. It's Josh's bully. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in, the liar kid. What was that kid's name? Liar, liar kid. kid. The liar guy who lied and said that they were opening for like Blink 182. It was on a oh, previous Chris episode. Oh. And now he lives in, where does he live now that he had a viral video? Well, he went to Kenosha, uh, but he lives in yes. he lives in Milwaukee. But no, I've yes. interacted with him recently. I mean, not recently, but like five years ago, I went into his like his stupid online radio show and started mocking him. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm always behind we mocking do that people kind of thing with online often. radio shows. Like, get a podcast, dick face. Yeah, get a podcast <laughs> like a real person. Yeah. <laughs> so that way people can't mock you live. Hello, right. brain genius <laughs> over here. I'm this looking exploded. up and seeing if he's broadcasting right now. Oh my god, can we call oh, him live? Fuck it, let's are, do it live. We are calling. Throw out in. the whole. We're throwing out the whole book right, conversation. Forget Marlene. <laughs> Fuck you, Marlene. This book didn't this have enough now, horror anyway. I mean, I think I could forget Harley. Marlene. <laughs> you've already, you've already forgotten her name, Harlene. I won't forget Rosalie, but we'll never forget Rosalie. Definitely forget Marlene. By the way, Rosalie is a very popular Mormon name. Really? So I had like what two Rosalies that I. Sister, sister Rosalie. What is the tie-in with so Mormonism? It's everywhere. It's underlying Look, everything. We are gonna get your kids. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. We're gonna save your souls, Jewel. Mormon. Yeah. Hello. Anyway. Jewel. Hello. <laughs> What's Jewel doing these days? Uh, hanging out in her cool cabin in Arizona, where she has candles that are like taller than me if i remember mtv's cribs correctly from oh, 2003 the okay can, can, can i tell you what his, his most recent episode is his oh yes. god yes can an object be haunted part, part one dolls <laughs> oh my god please please tell me he bought the grunt <laughs> oh man because someone out there has the grunt right now Stop laughing! Oh my gosh! This the guy. truth is out there, buddy. Hey, Keep I mean, hunting for he's it. He's obsessed with podcast form. Mulder, it's me. He's obsessed with giants, like <laughs> that. The, there used to be like giants and finding them, like Goliath, uh, like in the Bible. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. But he just wants to ask me: <laughs> Can an object I'm be so haunted? Confused. Part one: Dolls. I'm gonna listen to that that's, later. That's an instant. Can you listen. send us a link? And yeah, can we yeah. also get that link to put into our podcast feed? No, don't don't give this guy any we're promo. Not, uh, we're okay. not doing that. Yeah, no press. No press. I will no listen press. to the haunted dolls. <laughs> but I do love a haunted doll episode. <laughs> Amazing. By the way, my book is haunted because it's a book about a horror queen. Okay. Okay. Back on topic. So, I, I do want to say that I have no, down. I have no intent of murder in my heart. Uh, parody, <laughs> satire, movie yeah. ideas. Oh, totally. Although, if I had the chance to murder, maybe a senator. Who <laughs> no, stop. No, okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Look, you can say that kind of thing on Hoot and Holler. You can't do it here. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, okay. So chapter one. Let's talk about First my one. mother, the jock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Marlene, she has a situation. Her parents are going through what she calls a trial separation throughout the book, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, she and her mom, her brother stays with her father in their what Jersey Shore yeah. type home. And she lives with her mom in uh, Westchester, yeah, some, New York. Some New York. 
County small New York type place, town. Yeah. yeah. And it's because her mom had got an offer to work at a fancy health club. Let's talk about her mom. Can I ask her you mom. this about her mom? What is she trying uh, to prove? Uh, no. That's that's what, what she... that's what Marlene says about her mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about her getting well, up and running at 6.30. She says, what is she trying yeah. to prove? I Listen, agree. Like, as someone who's trying to be healthy, getting up and running before 10 a.m. sounds like torture. Those people are just showing off, I think. I <laughs> think you're right. Also, those are the people who are most likely to be murdered. Because you know what? The world is yeah. out and about at 10 a.m. Yes. You no, know who's yeah. not out and about at 6.30? Well, the, the police. The, the police are not because they're asleep. They're useless. But also, murderers are, and they're yeah. going to find you as a lady, and they will kill you. But you know, <laughs> and then I, I at ten o'clock running, will find your foot and be like, oh shit. Yeah, but also, who else is out at ten? Is the sun, and it gets hot, <sighs> and if you're running, no fun. I'd rather that than death. That's why I run in the dead of night. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're also a man. You're fine. I do what I want. So her mom is really into this thing that's called female bodybuilding. I don't know if you know what this is, but she um, she lifts weights and she works out with dumbbells and barbells. She pumps iron. You know, she's like this guy named Arnie Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you've heard of him. Does she only work ah! the female muscles? Uh, allegedly. If... If you haven't heard of him, you may have heard of his son. From you may have seen him in a movie called Moxie. I mean, there's oh. definitely like ooh callback. There's definitely like we got a listener here. Many montage scenes of working out in Bobby's life. I'm just picturing every Rocky movie right. like, oh, montage yeah. scene. Like Bobby's every day of Bobby's life is a Rocky. Montage. That's Marlene's mom. I don't think I said oh, her yeah. name. Oh, sorry. Bobby. sorry. Bobby is the mom. mom. Blake is Bobby. thinking Bobby yes. from Bobby's World. It's just that's, sorry. Josh, literally thinking this tiny literally, tot. Just literally on his, where on my his mind big went. wheel. Just, sorry. Just moving around. Howie Mandel. <laughs> drinking the egg drink in the morning. Or what what is yeah. the drink she drinks? It's just like nasty protein shit. Okay. Yeah. It, it is literally like eggs with like kale with like protein powder with milk. Yeah. You know, like it's just that's, disgusting. That's, She's getting games. She is getting games. Yeah, exactly. Let oh, me tell yeah. you. Oh, yeah. You know who never misses leg day? Bobby. <laughs> What's she trying you to know? prove by that, though? That's the question. <laughs> God, I don't know. Um, so it is summer and she's in this apartment with her mom and she is bored a lot of the time and she's just also like very sensitive about her mother because she knows that all the neighbors think that her mother is weird, including Mrs. Hoff. Well, Mrs. Oh. Hoffmeyer, but also Alex Kirby, who is a bully who looks just like her brother Neil. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? Listen, anyway. just wait, just wait thirty years and go find Alex Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> joke idea, joke idea. Right. <laughs> so she is stuck in this apartment. And she hates it. And her mom keeps telling her, hey, you know what? You can go back home anytime. And she just has all this resentment, feels her mom is splitting up her family just so her mom can have these fucking gains. Whatever. Female gains. And she also feels like she can't go back home because her dad and her brother Neil have such a connection. And she just doesn't have that with her father. She feels like the black sheep. Exactly. So one morning her mom convinces her to go swimming at the Y and her mom will drop her off. And as they are leaving that morning, they notice there's a moving truck in the lot. So are there new neighbors? Is someone moving out? They're not sure. And as they are driving to the Y, they notice there is a car stuck in an intersection. And her mom feels this need to help. And of course, Marlene is like, oh, great. Here comes 
my mom, Mrs. Muscles. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know where that comes from, though? It's the fucking patriarchy. It's so much. She just has so much internalized hatred about gender norms toward poor Mrs. Muscles. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel for Bobby. I feel for her. I feel for Bobby, but I, I do also feel as someone... Who had who was raised Mormon and had a weird ass family? Like mm-hmm. I understand having the family that like sticks out, you know. Yeah. So I understand both sides a little bit, but she really takes it out. Jessica is both sizing the patriarchy right now. I'm not the patriarch. I'm just <laughs> both sizing teenage angst, embarrassment. I, right, yeah. I mean, I I think that that's also just like it's just a core part of being 13. Oh, being abs- yeah. No matter what your parents do, it is the most embarrassing thing you could be, in the yeah. world. You could Jaden be Kaya Smith, Gerber, Jaden and your Smith mom is- on, on the set of Another Earth was a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> Not Another oh. Earth. Uh, he was. I was going to say, you After know. Earth. After Earth, yeah. He was embarrassed to be there. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Kaya Gerber was so embarrassed of her mom, Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So um, her mom gets out and helps, and that's when... Uh, little Marlene notices that the people in the car, it's Alex, Kirby, and his big brother, Ace. Ace Uh-oh. Kirby. What a name. Do you think Ace is hot? Oh, no. Okay. I picture Ace as like, who's the, in Home Alone? Buzz. Uh, Buzz. <laughs> yeah, that's what I picture Ace like. Nobody named Ace looks like Buzz. I picture him <laughs> as pie face. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, that's good because I picture Alex's hammerhead. So I'm glad, glad that's what we're doing. I'm picturing here. flat top. I, pi- I think I picture um, Alex as like butthead. Like that's what oh, he looks like, like in my head. Like like as in Beavis. Yeah, and Beavis butthead. and butthead. Okay. So an enormous. But he's head. supposed to be cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know who's cute? Beavis. Not cute. Beavis no. is cuter than butthead. Beavis has better hair. Is this hair. really a conversation? <laughs> yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Let's Beavis not. has right. better Let's hair, not. and he's funnier. He's got a better sense of he's not as cruel as he's stupider. Yeah, but he's not as cruel. But as Butthead gets, gets good digs in on Beavis. I got to But Beavis that. has like a a sweetheart personality. I feel okay. If, if you get him away from Butthead, he's a sweetie. He he needs his own spinoff. <laughs> what are we talking about? All right, keep going. I don't so, even know. Ace and Alex. Okay, so um. Marlene gets out of the car and Alex laughs at her and then checks her out. Like he literally does like this eye roving thing. An up and, and down. Uh, Jess is checking me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But here's the thing: it's like for the first chapter of this book, like she just talks about how much she hates Alex Kirby. Mm-hmm. But one of her first thoughts is, so this is what Alex Kirby is like up close. It's like, wait, you talk about how much you hate this guy, and this is the first time you you've been like. Well, I have Close a feeling what it is, is she's probably seen him in the court. Oh, so also there's a whole thing where they always refer to their apartment complex as the court. They talk about the court all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're 13, if there's any boy mm-hmm. in the vicinity that you can even see across the court, you automatically are like, have some kind of interest in yeah. true. And also my interest like. would be to stay the fuck away from yeah. him as yeah. like a young girl. Yeah. To be scared. Um, and so he makes fun of her and says, like, I can see you're not the type for a heavy job. You have no biceps. And that's when he does the eye thing. And he goes, nope, nothing. Oh, my God. And that's when <laughs> Fuck she him. Crosses her arms across her chest. And she calls him a creep very loudly. He gets called a lot of things in this book. <laughs> he really does. There's creep a, is one a of the biggest There's a lot of funny ones. insults. 
Do you remember when creep was a real insult? Like oh, yeah. now it sounds uh, funny. In, in shows and movies, yeah. But like in I 1965, mean, being called a creep uh, was like the worst. Robocop right? said, drop it, creep. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. You're right. And that's in the future. Right. So yeah. it, it's going to make a yeah. back. <laughs> so after this encounter, she is just like, great. It wouldn't have happened. This would never have happened if my fucking mom, the jock, hadn't stopped to help. She so, said fucking? Oh, sorry. That was my <laughs> insertion there. <laughs> so. Anyway, she's embarrassed by her mom and her constant muscle flexing, and she goes home. Her mom home. has one trait. Yeah, that's Blake. You're not wrong. So um, she uh, goes back home later on that afternoon and runs into the courtyard busybody, Mrs. Hoffmeyer, who tells her that there are new folks moving in and there's a kid her age. And you know what? She'll just send her over to Maureen's up- Marlene's apartment later. So later on, the girl comes over. Should I describe their first encounter? Because I'm going to. Here we go. Yeah. I'm confronted by a midget wearing dark glasses and dressed in a black halter top and an ankle length gypsy skirt. A midget. You shouldn't use the word gypsy. No, but you need to to go on with her outfit. It's uh, She's wearing a purple headband Mm -hmm. around a thatch of creased looking mouse brown hair. Mm Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I noticed she's got on clunky brown sandals and her toenails are painted green. Like, I want to see the haunted outfit. Oh. Draw this outfit. Oh, poor Katie. Haunted outfit. <laughs> but You've wait. got a challenge. <laughs> um, just, the, but also, can you make her like a normal size? Because later our character goes, oh, she's just normally short. <laughs> no, this, um, I would like to comment on this for a minute as a uh-huh. short Girl, I am 5'1", mm-hmm. and throughout this book, like, I, so many times I was like, we get it, she's short. Like, they just had to keep, yeah. <laughs> like, she's really so short. So how do you feel about a short person being described as a mushroom? Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. I don't want to look like a mushroom. I think mushrooms are weird. And the, Can o- I say the other you, thing you is. You don't look like a mushroom. <laughs> on <laughs> the cover, confirm. she is taller than her. Because look how she's l- kind of leaning back, and she's not standing up straight. You're actually completely right. So I, I, I don't know if the cover artist read that. <laughs> right. Look, the cover artist did not read this book. I think book. they give the cover artist like a few sentences of description. I will say that she is wearing, though, on the cover, like the gypsy pants, right? Yeah. yeah. That get her in trouble mm-hmm. and later. And sandals. Yeah. So it's like they basically said, here's an item description. Oh, and she's maybe a little bit shorter. She's the cool one, right? The oh, one? Rosalie yeah, is yeah. definitely cool. Oh, Rosalie on, on is... On the cover. Can awesome. I just say, I want this book to follow Rosalie and not Marlene. Marlene she is not cool. cool at all. And Marlene kind of sucks. And, Ros- and she's kind of boring. <laughs> at one point, Rosalie says something like, don't be so maudlin, Marlene. And it cracks me up because Rosalie is very maudlin. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she says in the very beginning is like, let's go do something chilling and satisfying. Like when she, ver- it's like in their first meeting. Mm-hmm. And I just am like, how would you feel if the first time you met someone, they ended your uh, your first meeting with, let's do something chilling, satisfying, <laughs> well, and cool off no with thanks. the creeps? Basically, she always <laughs> just says, it's fun to do bad things. Like, yeah. Constantly. And by bad things, she means, let's go watch a horror movie let's in the air-conditioned theater. Let's, yeah. let's hitch a ride, get cheese pizza, and go watch a horror movie. But Rosalie actually has a personality. She does have personality, and she's also, like, just kind of cool. She always wears her sunglasses Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. except when they go watch horror movies. 
then she has to take them off. But they are also prescription. This is pre- Blake, what are those glasses called that you wear? Transitions, baby. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Pre-transition. So she just has prescription cool girl sunglasses that she wears all the time. And at no one, transitions. One point and she can, says something like, being weird is kind of my whole thing. Yes. Uh-huh. There. Can I talk about something that happens in chapter three with her? I mean, go ahead. There. I think it's like the part that Josh is thinking about. Um, well, she probably does this a lot. Um in chapter three, like the next time they're hanging out, she says something about her outfit because Marlene, of course, is making fun of her outfit or mm-hmm. says something about just how like wacky it is. And uh, Rosalie says, besides, this get up is my shtick. Yeah. I'm <laughs> working on having a style of my own. Yeah, and yeah. I have a little diatribe to go on. Do it. This is what this podcast okay. is about. No, this moment like is so relevant in my life right now and possibly a lot of other people's life right now i feel mm-hmm. like there's something about but you mean like when you dye your hair blue yeah and like things there's like something about coming out on the other side of this year of lockdown where i feel like it's almost like starting a new school year where you have this feeling where you can be whoever you want mm-hmm. develop a new style like do completely different things and i really like that energy in rosalie that she's like yeah i'm figuring out who the fuck i am and she's just upfront about it yeah like as a teenager i don't think that you're really aware that you're trying to figure out who you are yeah. oh you're like i'm gonna be a hat guy this year <laughs> last year last year i had an urkel backpack this year i have a nine inch nails backpack <laughs> <laughs> there were never official nine inch nails backpack I did, i'm sewing were... a patch over urkel okay, yeah, okay it's okay. called okay. patch so are you putting a patch over urkel over his eyes. Well, the same bag? I'm, I'm xing out his eyes okay. because I'm. I feel like a bad boy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just xing out, like... out his eyes and sewing in a nine inch nails patch. I feel I... like maybe. I mean, I was aware that I was trying to find myself, but I don't think I would ever have admitted it to like yeah. anyone. Does that make sense? Loud, like, right? I never. Yeah. I never would have been like, oh, listen. Obviously, I'm not like a punk girl. I'm a goth girl. Yeah. But I would never like admit it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely went through a transition where when I was younger, like, let's say a tween, Mm -hmm. we didn't use that term back then, but like, you know, when I was like 10 or 11, I really wanted everyone to know that I loved dogs more than anyone in the world. (laughs) The dog girl. And and so, yes, I was a dog girl. Um, Not a horse girl. So I always wore dog shirts, had dog everything. But then in like middle school and high school, I wanted everyone to know I was really into music. So, you know, I had to make the shift from dogs. I hate Listen dogs now. It's all about music. <laughs> I had to make the shift from hand-me-downs from Monica. Yeah. Because my mom refused to buy me clothes Ugh. to I'm into music. And it was literally like every time I had money or any time like my mom went me clothes shopping, it was literally like I'm going to Gadzooks. And I'm buying that Zero t-shirt, and I'm buying this Bush t-shirt, and I'm buying this fucking Sonic Youth t-shirt, because guess what? Got it at Gadzooks. <laughs> that? But also, I'm a music girl now. Yes. Like I found that it was pretty easy to to transition from smart literary guy to <laughs> cat daddy, who only <laughs> who just cat himbo. is around cats at all times. All you need is like a jacket that's just covered in cat hair, and everyone yeah. knows. I mean, exactly this rancid shirt you are. right now is covered in cat hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Wow, these are good diatribes. I don't even <laughs> want to care. I don't care about this book. Okay, so on their first friend date, they go to see a movie, and I believe they go to see Creep Show. Yes, it, it is like is Creep described. Show. It's an anthology horror movie. Yeah. Yes, it's an anthology horror movie. It's not actually Creep spe- Show, but is Stephen yes. King in it? <laughs> well, they can't say that. I guess I don't know why they couldn't. But anyway, she literally talks about the. I think it's the Creep Show story. And Adam, I'm sorry you're not here, buddy. We should have called you on just for this one just spot. Just for consulting on this. Exactly. Or my but, husband. Or. Uh. That's true. Well, so. Um, husband. I think there's a short one little part is about like Ted Danson is the star of it. <laughs> where he's having an affair. Yes. And they, he and the woman he's having an affair with, they're both buried, right? Like neck deep in the sand. And the tide is coming in, so they're going to be drowned, Ooh, yes. right? Do you remember I this remember creep show? Called Justice. She talks about that. It's hard to watch Shh, it. That's right. She talks about it specifically, and she says, like, she imagines, like, Marlene, sorry, not Rosalie, who's cool, but Marlene is, like, imagining, like, Alex buried in the sand up to his neck, and she's like, I'm into this. So really what this book is about is encouraging future psychopathic behavior. Like, I mean... When when she, when she's afraid to watch a horror movie, she says, "I don't like that. That's gross." And she did, says, "You have to think about it. Like you are you are the killer. Basically, you're doing this to someone you hate. Think of a person you want revenge on, and mm-hmm. fantasize about that happening while you watch it. Then you won't be scared. Like you know, you'll be like titillated yeah. at the idea of the revenge." I mean, I have Rosalie's words about it here. What is it? It's. Rosalie steps forward with a definite leer on her face. Revenge! Listen, didn't you ever just want to kill somebody? Relevant conversation. Maybe one of your parents or your brother or sister or some teacher or kid who's been bugging you to death. You can't do it, of course, but you can fantasize about it. Just think of giving them them the treatment you saw in the latest horror movie. Lady, I want to tell you... That is satisfying. <laughs> and that is Rosalie. Yes. And that that's dark. why it's good if you later meet a guy who could make a reverse bear trap so you could be Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Which may happen later in this book. Uh, Maybe. We haven't gotten that far. We're only on chapter four. Okay, oh, sorry. Man. We'll play a oh, game No, we're okay. I'm going to try to speed through this because I really do think that Marlene is kind of boring. So Speed run it. There we go. So... Micromachine voice. Um, <laughs> isn't that, uh, what was the teacher's oh, name boy. in Saved by the Bell? Mr. Dewey. No, it, Mr. Not, nope. Not Mr. Casey Tuttle. Casey Um Not Mr. Tuttle, not Mr. Dewey. Dewey is the really boring nerd guy. Micromachine's guy was literally, yeah, like, on an I don't episode of Saved by the Bell. He was not oh, that was. much. Tuscadary? That's not it. Pinky yeah. Tuscadero. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, so... Marlene and her mom go to visit the family back on the beach, and she's trying to convince her dad to let her stay with him over the summer by saying, like, hey, dad, and I'm going to go on a diatribe here. About the fucking dad. But she's like, hey, dad, um, you know, like, I could be your secretary. Her dad owns a, by the way, this is not a business that could exist today. Well, maybe. But he owns a- VCR repair. (laughs) It's a VCR and cassette player repair and TV repair shop. But it's connected to his home. So, like, people can just come up to, like, his shed and, like, drop off their cassette player or their speaker or whatever is broken. I think people still operate these out of their home. They do, but can you survive on that and support a family of 
for. And her dad is, I'm sorry, her dad is a dud. He is, (laughs) at one point they they say he's 42, but he sounds like a 60-year-old man. And this is why I took Bobby's side because I felt like Bobby was trying to get out and like yeah. do, you do know, something different. There, mm-hmm. There's kind of I think it's a it's, she's thinking back to what happened before, and he says you'll be back to Bobby, like the dad mm-hmm. does, and then she's just yeah. d- describing her dad as kind of like having like a a, a beer gut and like just yeah. sitting yeah. and drinking on the couch. Well, yeah. well, Mrs. Muscles is out there grinding. <laughs> exactly. So her dad is making all these excuses like, well, you know what? I have a really good answering machine. And I think I don't need a secretary because I have this invention called an answering machine that will answer, you know, take people's requests or whatever. And that reminds me of my father, like when I was legitimately trying to have like a relationship with him in like sixth grade, a little bit younger than Marlene here. But I remember, like, I was, he and his buddy, his beer buddy, had a daughter who was, like, a year older than me. And, like, they would literally just drop us off wherever in Lebanon, Missouri. (laughs) By the way, if you've never been to Lebanon, Missouri, and I'm sorry if there's any listener who's from Lebanon, Missouri, but I call it the armpit of hell because that is what it is. It is bleak. It is hard. It's a hard town. And um, I... Like, they would just drop us off at, like, the Dollar Theater, and we would watch a movie at 9 o'clock, and it'd be over by, like, you know, 11.30, and they wouldn't come get us until late because they were drinking. (laughs) So Mm. they'd show up, like, drunk or send, like, an older sister to come get us. Anyway, he was awful. My dad was awful is what I'm trying to say. But I remember, like, forging a friendship with this girl and then thinking, like, okay, like, she would invite me to do things there in Lebanon. And, like, one thing was, like, there was a community play, and I tried out, and I got a part in something in Cinderella. I got a part as, like, they, I auditioned, and I got a part as, like, a stepsister for, like, the community theater. So I could have been, like, a really good bitch, you know? (laughs) And I was so excited about it, and it was, like, just through the summer. So it's, like, what Elliot does, right? Like, a six-week, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I told my mom, and she's like, okay, well, we'll talk to your father. My mom knew. Like, my mom was, like, she knew. Yeah. And so my dad called and I talked to him about it. And he was like, I just don't think it's a good idea that you stay with me for the summer. Oh, and it was just well, like. that's probably true. No, it is totally true. But as like a but little it's girl. heartbreaking. Like good it was grief. just like, my daddy doesn't want me. Yeah. Uh, like that's the first thing you think is just like, my dad doesn't want me. This... Like he can't make any kind of sacrifice in his life to have a daughter around, you know, more than once a month, for, you know, for a night. Anyway. If I was at that, that's my diatribe. If I was, and that at, was at that Cinderella audition, I would have said, mm-hmm. "I get the part of Gus or nothing." <laughs> <laughs> Gus is the cutest. Gus rules. Uh, Which yeah. one's Gus? He's the little fat one. The, the little, little ma- fat mouse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His little belly's I mean, hanging out. Oh, he's so cute. He's yeah, always like okay. picking up food and eating it. I'm like, oh, great. Anyway, I love Gus. So. Anyway, I think Gus is also the in the original the... Uh, Grimm's fairy tale version of Cinderella. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, the stepsisters eat him. Yeah, it's... it's a little darker. It's a little dark. Yeah. Oh my. So, um, at this day on the beach, I think there's a scene where her brother shows his ass, like with his girlfriend Yolanda, <laughs> and she's always talking about like her brother has all these girlfriends all the a time. A 14 year old girlfriend this time. He's 17. Yeah. And and she ref- well, Marlene refers to the 14 year old girlfriend as a woman. <laughs> Sounds like some Matt fucking Gates shit going on. 14 going on 35. Mm-hmm. So 
that's when she says something. This is weird. She says, Neil always boasts. That's her brother, by the way. Neil always boasts that he treats his women rough. Ugh. He says they like it. I mean, this guy goat knows negging. Like Do he they, he knows negging. <laughs> I underlined that part too, and I wrote yuck. Yeah, it's gross, and so is anything in like the pickup artist culture, which is what I mean. Was Lila Pearl ahead of her time? Maybe. Well, and but then late. I mean, two sentences later, she says. Marlene says she Yolanda is exactly the kind of woman who makes it bad for the rest of us. Yeah, because she puts up with like the abuse and laughs at it. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, if we're talking about pickup artists, Rosaline mm-hmm. is peacocking at all times. <laughs> oh, and she's doing a great job yeah. of it based on the cover art. You know who's hot? Rosalie. I Just mean, I, de- like, I think I have a crush on Rosalie, basically. Um, do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? Wait, how? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Don't know. Both. So... Uh, at the same time, the mom, Bobby, gets a side hustle selling athletic gear. It's kind of like a weird MLM, right? They yeah. have these, they <laughs> call them sweat Wait, parties. Wait, is this Lululemon? It's basically Lululemon. Yes. It's that. They it, call them sweat parties. It's that like Tupperware party era where, or Mary, it's like Mary Kay, like all yeah. that stuff where, yeah, yeah they're MLMs. I yeah. think that's still going on. But. No, it's yeah. a little different because yeah. now it's just like your friend from high school going, "Hey, girl." On Facebook. Right? Yeah, <laughs> haven't hey, talked to you in a while, I <laughs> but I know some good leggings that make your ass look good. I know it's been fifteen years, but <laughs> this will make your tummy go away. Look, I'm my own boss now. I'm an entrepreneur at uh... hashtag girl boss. <laughs> So oh boy. Um, Marlene is basically going to be her mom's assistant for the summer, recording stock and helping prepare for these sweat parties. And Rosalie is also there helping. And she, Rosalie, by the way, knows the future. She says, nobody even wears regular clothes anymore. It's all sweatshirts and oh. running pants. Mm. Rosalie's Rosalie. like, pull up your pants, folks. Put on a, put on a belt. <laughs> what do you think Rosalie's doing now? I mean, she's what? She's like, a little bit older than us. She's in her late forties. Uh huh. Uh huh. Rosalie now. Fucking guys, half her age. Oh yes, <laughs> Rosalie is a Rosalie is Kim Adonisio, the who? poet. Oh, the poet. Who yeah. is like sixty and just about the coolest, like badass woman you could ever. Did she write Bukowski meet? in a sundress? Is that her? Yes. Okay. Yes. Rosalie. Rosalie is Bukowski wears... in a, in uh, these uh these pink pants. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. So they are preparing for the very first sweat party and the girls go to load up the trunk and they are struggling to open the trunk in their mom's car and they have all these boxes and they're trying to open the trunk and all the boxes fall and they hear a cackle and it's Alex piece of shit. Laughing at these girls. Fucking Alex. And that's when he goes to help them pick up clothes and he tells Rosalie, Halloween ain't for three months yet. Blake, can you insert a clip from The Crow when when a villain says to Brandon Lee, The Crow, they, he says, Halloween ain't till manana. Can you insert that here? <laughs> I'm just no, like no. middle fingers up here. <laughs> Fuck Alex. Manana. Alex sucks. Listen, this called goth. Have you never listened to Three Imaginary Boys? Fuck off, Alex. You know what? You're going to claim you had that album in about 10 years to impress your fucking cool friends whenever we all really know you were listening to Wham. Fuck off. He'll say, hey, I love Boys Don't Cry, the album. And we'll say, don't you mean Three Imaginary Boys? <laughs> <laughs> so... 
anyway, for some reason, he mentions her mom and it pisses off Marlene and she kicks at him and misses. <laughs> and he continues taunting the girls and he lights a cigarette because he's, you know, he's a cool bad boy. And then he blows the smoke directly into Rosalie's face and Rosaline calls him, calls him a creep, a coward, and a lunkhead. And Whoa. Lunkhead. Yeah, lunkhead. Lunkhead. The, the insults in this. I, there's such a variety and they're all silly. <laughs> I'm going to start using Lunkhead more, though. I think it's um, not used enough. Yo, so. Lunkhead. Yeah. I think Wait, Blockhead I'm, is good. Oh, my gosh. I'm just having a... I think there's a creep show where Stephen King becomes like a grass man. Yeah, that's what he, I was He's a playboy. And yeah. he says, I'm an old Lunkhead. Whoa, okay. What? Was a popular term at the time. Must have been. A and, grass man. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. the old Lunkhead. <laughs> I touched that fucking meteorite. Now I'm grass. <laughs> He's not even that cognizant. Look, He's just like, ass why is, is there moss on my arm? This is basically swamp thing, but not as good. <laughs> anyway, so um, Alex is pissed off and he comes to the car and he kicks the trunk and it just opens. This thing the girls have been struggling with, it just pops open. So the girls load the trunk and Rosalie is talking to Marlene, and she says, don't tell me that R word really lives in the court. That's right, the R word. Oh, yeah. we don't have to say it. We yeah. don't have to say I it. I didn't. Yeah. So then she blames her mom for everything. And sorry, I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, so that's when she decides that she wants to get back at Alex. She wants to get even, and she wishes that she could call on all the forces of evil in the world something straight out of the worst horror movies and have it happen to Alex Kirby. So basically she's like, hey, you know that thing in Suspiria when that poor girl is trying to escape from the witches and she falls in that room of barbed wire and she's like struggling to like get out of like this weird barbed wire room and she just keeps falling back down and blood just is spurting out from all over her body. I want this to happen to this guy who kicked my trunk and blew cigarette smoke at my friend's face. Sounds about right. I mean... That's fair. Yep. So this is also, I think, when Marlene says, I think I hate boys. They all seem so nasty. And Janet Jackson kicks in. Give me a beat. Sorry. All you nasty boys. Um, so she's determined to get revenge on Alex after this incident. Who's oh. that eating that nasty food? Nasty boys. Uh, I just realized that I missed two things I wanted to say. One is mm -hmm. a quote that uh, Rosaline says. She says, don't be such a milksop. Look at me. I'm weird. <laughs> Think I care? <laughs> a milksop. What is that? She's just know? so maudlin. <laughs> yeah, like, don't be such a normie. Yeah, yeah, that's what it'd be. Yeah. Now, yeah. And uh, the other thing is when they're right before the smoking face thing, he says, boy, you two dames, you two dames are funny. What decade is he from? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, some language in here that now it makes sense Wait, that we know that. Does uh, anyone do the Charleston? <laughs> <laughs> it it, it really is that, that same far. kind of thing where there's there's a lot of things that yeah. seem out yeah. of place. There was no dance sequence. No so. jitterbug. <laughs> mm -mm. No jitterbugging. So the first sweat party was successful, like super successful. How could it not be? And while they're there, there's a woman named Angie Horton who seems to like Bobby a little too much. Does anyone else have that written down? She, uh, like, literally, like, corners, like, 
Marlene and she's like, your mom is the best. And it's like holding her down the corner. I'm like, Bobby, get it. Like, <laughs> I mean, find your way. If that's your truth, live it. She's hot. Angie, Angie Horton's a hot name. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but anyway, Bobby <laughs> and Angie. Yeah, it's it's hot. Mm-hmm. So um, at home, um, Marlene tells her mom about Alex and the events in the car. And mom says, you know what? You should have thanked him because that lock in the trunk sticks. And I have a hard time getting it open, too. So anyway, she keeps waiting to meet Rosalie um, because she wants to watch a horror film. And she keeps picturing Alex as the victim of the future horror film they're going to watch. So she yeah. doesn't even know the scenario. She's just yeah. like, I just want him to die horribly. He's going to get jigsawed. Yeah. So Rosalie shows up and she's had a bad morning. And... You know, it's just been the worst. She says, it's all pretty revolting. A perfect example of the masses triumphing over the individual of the herd trampling the human soul. She's so... Why does she say this? Do you remember? It's I'm because for it. her mom threw away her see-through gypsy pants. <laughs> yes! Mom, yes. Threw away, mom threw away my She's best so see-through gypsy yeah. pants. But I'm trying to figure out what yeah. is a see-through... Is it just that it's so thin? That sounds the awesome. The material yes. is like very. Okay. Think about jasmine and Aladdin, yes, right? I can like the, it now. the yes. very thin, like oh, so you can flimsy. see the outline of her buttocks. So harem pants. They're harem yes, pants, yeah. but they're also made of maybe a lighter material that they're maybe sheer. in different lights are sheer. MC yeah. Hammers. But she says, "Yeah, let's Listen. call them hammer pants instead of the <laughs> the uh, the slur word." <laughs> so. Parachute. She says yeah. that, you know what? I was wearing like underwear under them. It wasn't like my shit was hanging Look, out. I had a thong on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happened was Mrs. Hoffmeyer, the courtyard busybody, of had told course. her mom about them and said it might give men in the courtyard the wrong idea about Rosalie. The patriarchy. Once again, just monitoring women and the clothes we wear and the clothes and the, the right clothes idea. we don't wear. You know what? Fuck off. So <laughs> you can wear whatever you want as the four lecherous uh, courtyard men just sit and like rub their hands together. <laughs> uh, so there is no movie for today. Rosalie has to go work at the Gentle Paws, spelled P-A-U-S-E. By the it's where by the tracks. <laughs> yep, it's by the tracks. It's a thrift store that raises money for animal charity. So it's supposed to be like P-A-W-S, but it's spelled P-A-U-S-E. Whatever, it's supposed to be a funny joke, right? And Marlene is just she just is such a piece of cardboard that no matter how many times Rosalie tries to explain it to her. She cannot get the pun. <laughs> no, she, she really just doesn't cannot get, it. get the pun. <laughs> She's like, wait, so the money goes to charity for animals? <laughs> yeah. But wait, P A U S E. I don't get it. I don't get this thing. So, anyway, Marlene agrees to go to help Rosalie work at the store and they walk together. And Marlene is kind of lost in thought and she's thinking, doesn't anybody realize that I have feelings? Don't they understand that deep down inside me, there's a screaming, insistent voice that keeps telling me I must get my own back? So is that her just saying, like, I want revenge? I guess. I Everything she and says. I want revenge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay. her, just the underlying uh, revenge thing yeah. is, is weird. Yeah, it is weird. Really. Throughout the whole book. <laughs> and for, like, almost nothing. 
So she almost gets hit by a car. Is it the Kirby boys? We don't know. We just Very have to strange assume scene. it will be. And at the thrift store, she finds out that there is a rat problem, but for some reason, all the rats are trapped in one room. Does anyone understand this? I no. The I was trying to like. We have a rat. Problem. I really yeah. sat and tried to envision what this, what the gentle paws looked like. Okay, the, so I the was, area it was in and yeah. the building itself, and yeah. and and the weird thing where if you went down a hole, you could almost fall down something. I could not envision this building it's a weird building <laughs> it's a weird building and there is also like a room where if you stand outside you can hear weird sounds mm-hmm. and that's apparently where all the rats live they don't live anywhere else but in this room but you should also make sure if you eat corn chips that you wrap them up and put them in the fridge because the rats will get them <laughs> if you don't so they do come out to get your chips but they mainly live in this like side room so <laughs> anyway while they are at the store um, working, Marlene keeps having fantasy, death fantasies about Alex. So the girls go, and Mar- and uh, Rosalie is showing her around the gentle paws. And they, because it's by the old railroad tracks, it's a repurposed railroad building, correct? So mm-hmm. she takes her out, and she's like, up on this roof, we can, like, see, like, if you come up here, you can look down the tracks. And it's where, like, the track engineer used to go to, like, watch the trains. And while they are there, a young man shows up and he's like, "Uh, I need to come in the building. I don't know how to get in, whatever. And he is a, his name is Duncan. And Rosalie's like, hey, Dunkin' Donuts. That's what she starts calling him. Mr. Donuts. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Um, he has teeth like piano keys. (laughs) He's pleasant looking with clear brown eyes. So he's got like humongous mouth and teeth. Uh, yes. I think I've seen that in Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's a yeah. Looney Tunes thing. When he, a piano was just dropped on. Piano falls I mean, on your head. Yeah, your your Basically, teeth. every time he's described, it's like he's quirky but cute, ugly but not ugly, funny looking but with a nice face. Can she just say he's an awkward teen? Yeah, who's Stupid probably cute. Yeah, like whatever. Um, and he is Mrs. Bigelow's nephew who Mrs. Bigelow kind of runs this thrift store and he has come to catch the rats. He has this thing where he's a humane rat catcher. He's devised this trap where if like a rat comes in, it will close automatically and he can just take them and humanely release them far away from the building. So he's not really killing anything, but he'll still get rid of them. He's the uh, reverse jigsaw. Yes. And Marlene immediately likes him and wants to help at the thrift store again because she wants to see Duncan. We've and all been there. of course, Rosalie ends up jealous, so she starts calling him Duncan Donuts. Mm-hmm. Or she thinks it's really funny. Yeah. I think it's she thinks so it's funny. That, that's, that's her worst moment, I so will say. Good. I think she's awkward. As someone who is an awkward person, I think she's awkward. Rosalie? Yes. And maybe is also attracted but doesn't know how to yes. to reveal the attraction other than to make fun of them. Yeah, because she all of a sudden Rosalie who has said so many deep things and is like always on it becomes just like a bumbling fool. I'm like, "Hey, Dunkin' Donuts, how's it going Duncan. today?" <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um the summer's progressing. Marlene is still working at the thrift store and helping her mom with these sweat parties. And Duncan has finished his work in the attic. Apparently, all the uh, rats have been caught. But he still comes around to the gentle paws, and he does things like touches updated furniture, you know, paints them, cleans them, whatever. 
and Marlene because Rosalie keeps calling him Dunkin' Donuts. And because of this, Duncan seems to be giving them like a wide berth. She's like, you know what? I got to ditch this Rosalia. I need this guy to notice me. And so she is kind of dissing herself from her friend. So she she's more appealing to Duncan. Marlene sucks. And thankfully, she's starting to get babysitting it's, work again. It's, oh, it's becoming a ghost world situation. Yes. So are we saying that Rosalie is Scarlett Johansson? Yes. And that in the scenario, Marlene like, is Enid Coleslaw. Yeah. Why can I remember? Oh, Becky. Becky is Scarlett Johansson's uh-huh. character's name, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Who it, is, uh, personality-wise, they're, or like style-wise, they're flipped. But the one uh-huh. who's drifting away is uh, the Enid character. Yes. Distancing herself from her bestie. Yeah. Yeah, Enid, Enid Coleslaw, who has the best <laughs> fictional character name ever. <laughs> so, um, uh, so anyway, she gets another gig babysitting. And this is only important because when she goes back to work, she is there with the baby. She's babysitting a little, a little toddler named Erica. And she notices two people walking towards her. It's a different apartment building, a different courtyard. And she's like, holy shit, is that Alex? And of course it's fucking Alex. And he's with his girlfriend. And his girlfriend's name is Claudia. Claudia. And by the way, it's not cool BSC Claudia. This no. is this <laughs> Claudia is kind of a bitch. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> wow. She's not great. But also, you know, Marlene sucks too. So I will anyway. never I will never steal a babysitting job from from any Claudia. <laughs> like basically I mean, she's being who was who was the other babysitters club? Like the rival ones? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. They were like this, agency. Yes, they yes. were slightly older. Yeah, and that was their that was their thing is they could stay out until like eleven. Yeah, she's pulling that bullshit. They like to neglect yeah. kids. Yeah. So anyway, she sees these people crossing approaching her, and she realizes it's Alex, and this must be his girlfriend. And they kind of like confront her, and Claudia's like, "Hey, that's the toddler I used to babysit, Erica. Isn't she cute?" And then Alex recognizes Marlene, and he's like, "Oh." Oh shit! And Claudia's like, "Oh, you stole my job. Thanks a freaking lot." And they kind of like circle her and taunt her a little bit. And Marlene grabs the toddler and heads back inside because Claudia is blaming Marlene for taking her job. So she takes the kid inside and she looks out through like the big like sliding glass door window is what I'm picturing because it's an apartment. And she watches as Alex throws a cigarette into the baby pool where Erica was playing. And he and Claudia are just kind of playing around. And they pick up the baby pool. They dump it over. And they just soak everything that was in its path. And um, basically, let's just say that uh, Marlene's never invited over to babysit ever again. does not go over well with the... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nope. Tries to explain it to the mother. And the mother's like, uh, okay. (laughs) This doesn't sound good. So that's when she's hanging out with Rosalie a few days later and she's in Rosalie's bedroom and the room is just covered in horror movie posters. But this is one. It says her walls are covered with blood and gore, grinning death's heads, black widow spiders, gleaming knives, dripping claws, madmen, freaks and monsters. And at one point, Rosalie says, I didn't want you to see my room until I got my posters up the way I used to have them in our old house. Like, 
I love that because your posters on your wall are so important. They're very important. I found old pictures of my room from high school and (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Your whole personality is in those. My whole personality was basically train spotting the movie, (laughs) the crow, the movie, Prodigy the band, but in an anime form poster. Okay. Kurt Cobain subway poster. Nirvana yes. normal size poster. Yes. And then a Marilyn Manson smells like Marilyn oh, Manson boy. smells like children poster. Yeah, that holds up. <laughs> Am uh, I a little ashamed? I, Maybe. I'll say that uh if you look around my house right now, you'll see my whole personality. Boondock Saints. <laughs> Boondock Saints 2. All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Just those two that posters. That sounds like that sounds right, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. See? The last time I saw you when I brought you some like Christmas food. I don't know. That's not true. I'm at your house. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually. I've seen you. I'm looking at a, a Cool Runnings print, like an Etsy print. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I would, I would I, love to see a Cool Runnings print up like over your bed. I realized I it's, made like a I, lot I'm, of collages. I'm not joking, by the way. I can show it to you. Cool Runnings is like oh. his favorite movie. Oh yeah. Ask oh. him how many times he's seen it. <gasps> we should do a podcast on Cool Runnings. Oh, don't get it. Don't even. <laughs> Just me and Josh, then. If you don't want to be a part of it, I've like, never no, seen it. I'm saying don't get him You've started never on seen it. Cool Why would I watch Cool Runnings? Okay. We watched it in school. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Well, we'll round back here because Rosalie says one of the deepest things she says in the whole book. Do it. Like, Marlene starts looking around like, how can you sleep in this room of terror? You know, Marlene, <laughs> the fucking horror queen. Mm-hmm. And Rosalie says, oh, I sleep like a baby. The horrors on the wall are as nothing to those that lurk within the human soul. <laughs> Jess was mouthing along too. I wrote that so down deep. too. I wrote wow. that down I'm too. I'm sorry, I stole your line. Edgar Allan no, Poe good. over here. Listen, Rosalie's right. But then that's when she dubs Marlene's stupid ass as the queen of horror or whatever the hell it is. Which, what <laughs> the fuck? I, like, that part just. I was so annoyed by this part because there is nothing interesting or horror queenish about Marlene. Rosalie is the cool little horror queen. She's the freak. She's the madman. She's the interesting one. The 13-year-old who says deep shit about your soul. I mean, as someone who covered her fucking locker in pictures of Trent Reznor, (laughs) I was the alt queen and no one recognized it. And I feel like I still need to be recognized for that. Yeah. Maybe I'm drunk. (laughs) But also, uh, I got in a lot of trouble for that because I used up all the good ink and the good paper. Because <laughs> I used the glossy paper, which took up more ink. And I literally spent 50 or $60 oh, just to print out pictures of, like, goth kings to hang in my locker. On who's, on your home printer? Yeah, baby. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Cool. Oh. Everybody calm down here. <laughs> Okay, totally, um, totally. Let's get through this. Flipping back here. For some reason, I had a note in my book that there was a line that I wanted Josh to read out loud. Wait, what is it? I want to know what it is and make him do it because he has my book. So he can do it. It's on page 95. It's at the very top. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, Marlene starts thinking about. Oh, wait, I have this one written down. I know exactly which line you're talking about. Okay, yes. I don't know. I was like, Josh would love this line. It's the only thing I wrote down for the entire chapter. And tell me if I have the right uh, line. (laughs) Does it have to do with something you might get at McDonald's? Crash! He's like hamburger on the dashboard. 
Yes. What? Okay. And uh, basically it's. Okay, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. Sorry. sorry. Here's the scenario. He gets into the car, goes shooting out. Of, <laughs> goes sh- okay, so he's been practicing driving, like, around, like, and he's underage. like. And he is Alex Kirby, yes, just to yeah, be yeah, clear yeah. for our yes, listeners. And he's driving his older brother Ace's car, because yeah, it's Ace and Alex. Um, okay. And so they're talking, they're like, what do we do, call the police? What are they going to do? Just give him a slap on the wrist. They won't do anything. And so he said, she's pitching, pitching what they should do. And uh, here's the scenario. He gets into the car, goes shooting out of the parking lot on one of his joy rides, and finds out it's too late, and he has no brakes. Crash. He's hamburger on the dashboard. Yeah. There's the tagline of the podcast. <laughs> That's He's what we should have read. Hamburger on the dashboard. So it's been a couple days, and summer's going well. And that's when Bobby, remember, she's Marlene's mom. Mrs. Muscles. Problems. Mrs. Muscles herself announces that she is going back to the Jersey Shore because she needs She met a man. His name, Mike. The situation. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Muscles. So. GTL. So Marlene is. Immediately on the defensive, she does not want to go back to the shore. She wants to stay. She has responsibilities at the thrift store. By that, we mean she just wants to be around Duncan. Yes. You know what, Marlene? I understand. I remember there was a time when my eight-year-old cousin in Kansas City, who I had no relationship, was being baptized. And I was like, I don't want to fucking go to the baptism. Maybe I'll just take, like... Five of these uh, pills and see if I throw up all night, and oh, I did. Man. Oh, did I? Guess you didn't have to go to her fucking shitty cousin's baptism so she could go party <laughs> yeah, with oh. her cool friends after Take she some took more pills. What was it? It was some kind of like antidepressant. I took like oh, five no. of them and threw up all night. Do you know? Yeah. I once had a plan to get out of going to church by mm-hmm. fake vomiting oh, oh. by opening mm-hmm. a can of corned beef hash. And <laughs> guys, I can't. I'm one of those people I can't talk about vomit. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I think wanna... I have an actual phobia. It's okay. Like, it's okay. It's... Vomiting sucks. So okay. No, nobody talk about blood, or else mm. I'll, I'll have a thing. So <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> so Marlene doesn't want to go. I know you wanted to tell that story. <laughs> I'll she save it. wants. She wants to see Dunkin' Donuts, and Bobby's like, you know what? I'd hoped that as a woman, you might have sympathized with my need to prove myself. But of course, you're not a woman. You're just a kid, a teenage kid who's caught up in your own selfish problems. I mean, yeah, that's what teenagers that's do. That's teenagers, mm-hmm. yeah. This Thank chapter, you, Bobby, for recognizing. This chapter is called Selfish Problems. <laughs> it's true. It is. Chapter 12, Selfish Problems. So Bobby lets Marlene stay, but Rosalie has to either sleep over with Marlene or Marlene has to sleep with Rosalie. Like, Rosalie cannot be alone. And she will be back on Thursday. And the main reason she's going back to the shore is because, and this is very uh, early 80s, late 70s kind of thing, <laughs> but her dad is supposed to be co-signing a loan for Bobby so she can get the new fall line of sweatwear for her MLM. This is at a time when women could not Basically yep. get their own loans. Yep. Like, that's how recent this is, this, guys. And recent history. That was not that long ago. No. Yeah. Like, women had to have co-signers for any kind of loan. Although, I will say, 
investing in the MLM, <laughs> not the best idea for your money, Bobby. Well, she's like, doing really well with it. That's true. It's true. She's one of the, the top tier, the yeah, one okay. who looks successful. She's, she's got in on she's, the ground floor. Yeah, yes. she's the one that's getting you to, she's at the top of the pyramid. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. That's right. She is the Gwynnie Paltrow. Mm-hmm. That's my second Gwyneth Paltrow reference tonight. Of of known poop. known bread eater Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I mean, it's been rough. You got to eat bread sometimes. You know, it's, it's, the pandemic's been hard on us all. So anyway, she, she, her her personality coming out of uh, the pandemic, she's like, I can be anything I want, and she uh, came out the new personality, woman who eats bread. <laughs> One time, like. Not even just like uh, woman who's like fuck carbs. I'm eating bread. Right. Yeah. It's like one time I broke down and ate bread. Oh my god. But also I still had like my um, rose quartz vaginal egg it's deep okay. inside of me, so I'm fine. It's okay. It's okay. I threw it up. It counterbalanced <laughs> the uh, gluten and the bread. Was so. that a zing at me? Yeah, Blake. I didn't mean this. to bring up the. Uh, <laughs> She no no no. She, I have to leave you know now. that the V word is sensitive. I'm sorry. She she took laxatives. Do you have a? Is there a poop phobia? <laughs> That's Josh. I don't Josh like that. Like yeah. Oh, well, oh man. I can't say anything. Can I? <laughs> I like anything that goes into or out of the human body. I'm into it. Oh. Follow my only fan to it. You can't say anything in comedy anymore. I'm canceled. <laughs> Born canceled, Blake Walker. Oh. So, uh, all right. So Duncan does not show up at the store for the next uh, couple of oh. days. And so Marlene is suddenly daring and goes to Mrs. Bigelow's desk and takes the circular, the the flyer that um, Duncan has created for his humane rat pest control problem. Mm-hmm. Stealing his digits from... Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. She's doing something we call spy teching. Spy tech, uh, yeah. This again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stalking. So she decides that she is going to call Duncan. And it's that anticipatory moment where you're like, please don't let them answer. Please don't let them answer. And then they fucking answer. And you're like, God, now I have to talk to this person. And he okay. says, how did you get this number? <laughs> <laughs> this was like one of spy my favorite tech. parts of the book. Can I, I? I have a lot of stuff to say about it. Okay, do it. Okay. For the kids at home mm-hmm. who might not understand. What, phones? Yeah, what it was like. Can <laughs> I read this when she calls him? Yes, okay. give it. Seven, four, three, dash. What am I doing? I'm standing at the wall phone in our kitchen, punching in the first three digits of Duncan's number. If I punch in three more, I'm still safe. But after the seventh one, I'm committed. Provided, of course, that the line isn't busy and somebody answers. Um, This... Just brought up so much fun, sweet, like super nostalgic memories because there was this thing like the kids today might not understand what it was like to actually try to call and converse with someone you liked. Um, You couldn't just send them a text or leave a comment on Instagram. Send the fire emoji. uh, Yeah, you you can't just say, hey, you up. You had to enter each number. And then you had to psych yourself up, but like, yeah, that juxtaposition yeah. of are they going to answer and also hope, praying they didn't answer. And then on top of like psyching yourself up just to dial, you also actually had to have something to talk about with this person who for all intents and purposes, you know, absolutely nothing about uh-huh. other than like in Maureen's instance, 
that there's something weird about their face that you like and that they are mysterious or in other words basically you want to make out with them uh-huh. but you can't tell them you want to make out with them you have to come up with some kind of conversation about Ugh. anything god i remember calling a dude in like second grade and i don't know fuck? how i had his number or why i <laughs> called him but i remember calling and being like so do you, do you like oh, recess gosh. I think that was basically the conversation. I was trying to remember. I was like, so do you like music? And Michael no. was like, yeah. And I was like, me too. All right, bye. Like, I literally, okay, that was my conversation. <sighs> Most awkward person. But I also had Oof. in like sixth grade, we had three-way calling. And so I would literally, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before on Spy this podcast. It. No, but like, well, you just would get boys' phone numbers, right? I never did because I was... I, I guess I was a numbers, so. freaky midget. I don't know what I was, but <laughs> you were a lunkhead, <laughs> total lunkhead. You were a mushroom. Yeah, I was use a the mushroom. proper term. <sighs> I was so, a mushroom, and I was flat. The politically so. correct term is mushroom. Uh, the politically <laughs> so. correct term is what? What does he say next? Oaf, pea brain, <laughs> creep. So as a total uh. creep, I would literally just have girls who would call me and say, "Can you please call Brandon?" Oh my god! I need to know if he likes me. <laughs> And so I would put them on mute. Oh, yeah. And then call, literally call Brandon and be like, hey, Brandon, what's up? It's Jessica from, yeah, I'm in your sixth grade class. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, we sit next to each other. I'm just calling because, like, do you like Nicole? (laughs) And then Brandon would be like, oh, Nicole's got, like, a weird face. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, totally. Oh, well, she's on the line, so. And then, like, I would hang up and I would hear, like, the sniffle. Oh, jeez. It's so and, fucking and sad. Like, oh. And Nicole's like, it's cool. I'm cool. And I was like, well, sh- at least, like, you have the balls to, like, some way ask a boy. Like, you have enough confidence that you're like, I'm kind of cute, no. and maybe this guy would like me. So, like, Jessica can help me out with this. That I is the opposite of, of courage, right? There. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, this, to me, it was courage. This because I was, should not hit. I guess... I guess I'm the courageous one for calling yes. the boy. But even then, like, I was like, oh, God, Nicole's listening. Like, I was literally Lisa in the I Love Lisa episode. So Simpsons were like, oh, or yeah. Ralph, sorry, where my heart's just breaking, but it's for, like, other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, I can just hear Nicole's heart breaking as You're Brandon's like, uh, she's kind of weird looking. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess. Speaking of weird looking, when he answers... She knows it's him because she can hear him smiling and his teeth are gleaming like chiclets. How does that happen over the phone? <laughs> okay, that makes no sense. You hear those big level. piano teeth just like making <laughs> exactly. ivories. Do uh, chiclets gleam? <laughs> if I mean if yeah. she was smart, what she <laughs> would have done she would have spent the afternoon rounding up some squirrels, letting them loose in her house and calling him and saying We've got a squirrel problem over here. We need you to get over here right now and and save them. Then you have an excuse to call him and for him to come over. Yeah. So when she calls Duncan, he does answer, and he's she's like, "Hey, haven't seen you in the gentle pause lately." And he's like, "Oh, you know what? I've got a new gig, and it's at a house not far from where you live. You live in these apartments, right?" And he invites her to meet him before work. So she called him, like, at, what, six in the fucking morning? Like, when is she calling? Does she have no, like, calling courtesy? Like, listen, you don't call before 10 a.m. And Was you, it six you in the morning? You don't call after, like, 9, 9 p.m., right? Like, is that like the golden rule? Kind of. Uh, yeah, sure. For phone calling? 
Right? Are you sure? Was that early? I didn't because think, it's before, I didn't even it's before see his that. job. Oh yeah, and it's before she goes to work at the the thrift store. So it's early in the. It's like seven or eight in the morning. It's still early, and it's summer. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, she leaves to meet him at this house he's working at, and as she leaves, she sees Mrs. Hoffmeyer, the apartment busybody, and she notices that she seems ill. But okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go on with my day. And She's so a she, kid. yeah, exactly. So she meets Duncan at this house where he is working on a pest problem, and there's a horrible smell. She leads him in the basement to explore. And when they're exploring the basement, they find like this cache of dead rats. And Duncan has to remove all these rats, and Marlene agrees to stay with him. It overcomes her fear to help him collect and remove these rat bodies, but Duncan also seems relieved because. He didn't want to do it by himself because he's also just a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So later on that night, Rosalie and Marlene go for a walk. And they've just watched Friday the 13th. And I put part two here. <laughs> and I have a quote where they're talking about how bad this movie is. And I'm guessing it's what the movie is based upon the description. Like I have no, it's based upon a 64-year-old woman's description of Friday the 13th part two. <laughs> <laughs> And Rosalie says, blood doesn't mean a thing. It's horror that counts. Real honest-to-goodness horror. And that movie was a first-class dud. They sure don't make them like they used to. I guess she's just in the universal horror monsters mode where she's like, nothing will be ever be better than the creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, like, I mean, because Rosalie is like, you know, 80 years old. Yeah. So she remembers yeah. when... <laughs> So as they are walking and talking about the movie they just watched, a car speeds past and Marlene, because she's got like her Alex paranoia, she's pretty sure it was Alex and the girls start to argue about it. And then the car that passed them comes back and it kind of slows down and the girls are just kind of standing there watching it. And then someone says, hey, I'm looking for a babysitter. And the girls move forward to the car and... They get into an argument. They realize that Alex is the one driving. They get into an argument and Rosalie calls him, well, the R word again, but also like a pea brain and an oaf. And Alex is kind of like apologizing. And so the girls move closer to the car and Rosalie sees what's happening and she ducks and she tries to grab Marlene down. But Marlene, as she's going down, gets her chin stuck on the car window. It's like a really awkward incident. It's very oddly described, yes. too. And she's trying to pull her down. Her chin is stuck on the car window. And she she sees a figure that is crouched, like, in the passenger seat, just suddenly, like, spring forward. And Marlene is suddenly shot with, like, a stream of water from a high-powered squirt gun. Like, from basically, like, a, uh, what are those called? Super like soaker. Um, super soaker. Super soaker. Yes. And the thing all the rich kids is- had. Exactly. I never had that. I had the cheap, like, dollar thing yeah, that's, like, squirted. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Claudia is, like, cackling. She's the one who squirted Marlene. So, they go back home. This chapter Squirt by the way Squirt gun called... crimes are going on, Blake. <laughs> yeah. You, you might have missed that. You nah. missed it. You missed it. <laughs> so... I just heard squirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so, <laughs> this chapter is called An Early Morning Mission. Marlene... Goes back home and Rosalie tags along because Rosalie's like, hey, you can't stay by yourself. Your mom said I have to stay with you or you have to stay with me. And so Rosalie sits and on Rosalie the couch. And Rosalie is, is an adult. Yes. Right. Yes. 
So when they're back home, Marlene is thinking about all those dead rat bodies that she helped Dunkin' Donuts collect. And when he got rid of them, he just threw them in the garbage, right? Like, he just put them in a trash bag and threw them in the garbage. And she's like, you know what? I think I have a plan to get back at Alex for the squirt gun crime. And so she is very early in the morning. She gets up and sneaks past Rosalie, who's sleeping on the couch. And she goes to these trash cans where she knows these rat bodies are disposed in. And she pulls out two of the bags that she knows are the heaviest, like full of the heaviest rats, right? Pulls them out and she goes back to the car that Ace and Alex seem to share. And she knows that this car is never locked. And she opens the car door and puts those rats in the passenger seat. And then she goes back upstairs and lays down. But I think Rosalie is there to greet her. Is that correct? Like Rosalie's awake and is like, uh, where were you? Yeah. Ex- what were you doing? Yes. And Marlene's like, oh, I just went for like an early morning walk. I'm fine. And then she just like throws up and passes out. Something like that happens where she gets physically ill and um, she just, yeah, she just passes out. So when she comes to, she feels a little bit better. And Rosalie's like, okay, I'm going to go back to work at the thrift store. And she decides that she just needs air. And she gets up and she leaves the home. And she is walking around the apartment complex, around the courtyard. And she looks up and she realizes that she is at Mrs. Hoffmeyer's house and directly under her window. And she looks up and Mrs. Hoffmeyer is like leaning out and is basically begging for help. And Sterling rushes back to the apartment and goes inside. And Mrs. Hoffmeyer at this point is in a heap on the floor. And so Marlene, um, not the brightest light bulb in the pack, instead of just like <laughs> calling like 911. Yeah. She, like, runs out in the parking lot and is like, help, I need help. Like, someone help. And the only person who was out at this hour is, for some reason, Alex Kirby, her her Of bully, course. Right? Of course. And so he comes to help her, and he immediately knows what to do. He helps get Mrs. Hoffmeyer in place and positions her with, like, a cushion under her head or whatever. And he is like, find a phone. Call 911. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, Hello. And he tells her that he's part, his brother Ace is part of like the volunteer um, EMT outfit, I'm guessing. His brother is on the core. And so he knows what to do in these kind of situations. Do you remember what, what he says exactly when she says, how did you know this? I don't know any of this stuff. No, I don't. He says, I hang around volunteer ambulance guys a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's so many layers to Alex Kirby. (laughs) So um, while they are waiting for the EMTs to show up, she keeps ask, asking Alex, like, hey, where were you going? Because she wants to know if he's seen the rats that she hid in his car just earlier that morning. And he says, oh, um, I'm just going to go return that squirt gun that we used to uh, assault you with last night to Claudia's <laughs> little brother. And he says, you know, what? it was just a gag, like all the other stuff. It, I didn't mean to do any harm. You shouldn't take everything so personal. And... Marlene does not confess or warn him about the rats that she hid in his car. She just says, um, I'm really sorry, Alex. And Alex kind of looks back at her strangely. And then the EM- like the EMTs come in and help take care of Mrs. Hoffmeyer. So, I don't know. We're like, what, like a week later? But at the end of this, oh, sorry, she turns and glances one last. So she gets all cryptic with, with Alex and says something like, 
Um, you'll have a chance to think it over. You'll understand after she says, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then she glances at the, you know, dying Mrs. Hoffmeyer. <laughs> and this whole moment has been so uh, an epiphany. Yes. To her that it becomes the end to her very short career as a horror queen, as she mm. says. Yeah. She's not going to do it anymore, right? Sold out. No more rats and cars. Got rid of all of her Fangoria magazines. Uh, <laughs> canceled her shutter subscription. Just <laughs> no more horror for her. She's like, I'm no longer ordering T-shirts from Graveyard Goods. Unfollow the <laughs> Done with Freddy Krueger official on Instagram. <laughs> so, um, canceled oh, her uh, canceled oh. her tickets to get at Robert England's signature at uh, <laughs> at Horror Fest. Hasn't he passed away? I, I don't oh, know. No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Wes Craven. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, uh, evil never dies. Sorry. Sorry, you're right, you're right. Evil does never die. Um, so, like, a week or two later, Rosalie and Marlene are hanging out at Jersey Shore with the family. And Rosalie's like, you know what, Marlene? You should be proud of your family. Like, your mom is really talented and gutsy. And, you know, your father's supportive of her and her decisions. Like, you should not stop being embarrassed of your kick-ass family who aren't a bunch of stupid white-collar normies like my family, you know? And um, that's when we learned that Marlene has been seeing Duncan almost every day. They're what? basically a couple. They really Cute. bonded over those those rat bodies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she loves those chiclet teeth. <laughs> that ugly but adorable face. Yeah. So later on, um, she reveals that. Alex didn't really react to the rats, and whenever Marlene asked him about it later, he just describes it as some mess. And um, Marlene gives up the title of Horror Queen. Um, I believe that it is Rosalie who says, she who studieth revenge keeps her own wounds green. And that's when Marlene's like, you know what? I'm done with this Horror Queen bullcrap. So <laughs> she thinks she was right. That's it. That's Marlene the Horror Queen, guys. Oh, man. I thought it would never end. <laughs> uh, I, I, I felt the same. Um, I, Try reading this book, Blake. Oh, I thought we were at, at an hour 40. I thought it was three hours. But. The last note I took was about the chiclet teeth, which was at chapter 12. And this book has. <laughs> you just fit, stopped. Fit, I mean, I, re I read the entire book. Uh, whoa, whoa. No, J Josh has a lot of uh, drag racing. <laughs> it's true. Outside his house. Yeah. <laughs> and just one main comment about this book is that it is called Marlene the Horror Queen. Right. I was expecting and more horror. There is like no horror. Yeah. This in is this not book. what I thought. I mean, can I tell you? A little disappointing here. I wanted mean, more horror. The well, closest we get is a description of Rosalie's room. I was I, I think thinking it's, of Elvira. That's it. I, I think and it's what you read before when from the author where she talked about, what did she say exactly? Like wanting to create a realistic idea of horror yes. kind of thing rather than like mummies and ghouls and uh, okay. uh, the, the, got, the ghoulies coming out of the toilet. i a realistic idea of horror. Live through the fucking <laughs> Trump administration. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Anyway. Pandemic. <laughs> but, but Jigsaw anyway, has got the, nothing the, on this the problem. The problem with that information is that that was in the about the author on the last page, 
And in the description of the book, uh-huh. when you pick it up at Half Price Book and think, <laughs> what's this? It's got monsters and ghouls on the front, and it's it, it's described as very horror-ish. Mm-hmm. And it says, what are these two nice girls up to now? And I was like, yeah, what are Jessica and I up to now? Yeah, what yeah. are we up to? Let me tell you. Not a lot of horror shenanigans. <laughs> is there a gra- Are we hanging around a grasshopper thing on some kind of uh, old man's disembodied head? <laughs> I'm just looking at the cover. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? that that's I don't know not that in is. the book at all. No, <laughs> I don't know where these girls are standing. What is on um, Marlene's shirt on uh, the cover of this book? It, I think, I think that's an alien from it, Aliens. I think it's um. What? What? what do you call those things like Rorschach tests where you have to like mm-hmm. look at the thing and like be like, oh, that's a oh, crab. Yeah, that's okay. a crab. Well, I think it's a stork that's uh, uh, oh. just morphed. Oh, I think it's like a really weird, ugly 80s design. Let me Blake, see. your thoughts on Marlene? Her shirt? Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a crab. God, I don't know. We need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's like a design where Her they friend were... is so cool. Right, see? Is that, is that yeah. a bullet belt? I can't tell. Like, it looks like it's half of a bullet belt. I feel like the design uh, yeah, on Marlene's shirt like is like they were trying to put a design that would not be um, like copyrighted or mm-hmm. get them in trouble. I understand. Anyway. Yeah. Can you also yeah. look at the positioning of her feet? Which, Which one? one? On the right. Both of them. They're all L- Look wacky. at the way her legs are turned. Isn't that an awkward? Oh, yeah. That's. Okay, that looks like uh like her legs oh. are backward. Yeah. Like, okay, wait. So we're looking we're looking at Mar Marlene's legs. Yeah, her, look at her legs and the way her foot is turned awkwardly. Like that's not. That a is called nope. That's called pigeon toed. Uh, and also, it's something that a lot. Okay, I'm just gonna go on a rant here. No, we don't. We don't have time. <laughs> okay. Let's rant maybe on a book. rant, but I will say that it is something that a lot of photographers like to pose women in, so they appear. Mm. Uh, awkward and knock kneed and no. um, submissive. Yeah. It's a very popular pose. <laughs> I did this, not know that. It is. Uh, Terry Richardson yeah. makes women do look it. Up, uh, look up Absolutely Lena Dunham and like Vogue. Does. Like that's a very common thing is to have women pose with like their toes inverted like that. But look at Rosalie. She well, Rosalie's fucking badass. She's yeah. comfortable. Yeah. She's got like her She's not listening on. to the photographer. She does not give a fuck. She's like, listen, Annie Leibovitz, kiss like, my ass. I wear sunglasses indoors. <laughs> so, so I'm what? protecting my eyes. Before we rate this book, do you want to know what happened? Uh, like how Goodreads reviewers rated it? Yes. The average rating out of 21 ratings <laughs> is 3.52. Um, a reviewer named Cup of, at C-U-P-O-F, okay. Cup of, okay. said... This is the only written review, by the way. Oh, nice. They wrote, Iffy was my one-word description in grade seven. (laughs) Iffy. Wow. So, how would you guys write this book? I gave it three stars. It's kind of rounding... Oh, sorry. Let me try that again. I gave it three hooves. That's kind of rounding up, because honestly, the lack of horror in this book was appalling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Based upon someone called a horror queen. It's really like a 2.5. The writing wasn't bad, there's nothing really about this book that was bad. It was just not what I was expecting. So, um, I also gave it three hooves. Um, I feel like mainly because I was excited to come on the pod <laughs> and hang out with you all. <laughs> so it was exciting. So there was that that fun aspect, but and also Rosalie. I mm-hmm. loved you know 
meeting Rosalie, getting to know her on these pages. But I think maybe it was more like a two-ish. Yeah. Just because, once again, the appalling lack of horror. Yeah. Do not give me a book with this mm-hmm. this font. You'll have to post a picture of the font on it's the a back. Good font. Yeah. Like that is a horror font. Yeah. No. Three hooves. Josh, your thoughts? I also gave it three hooves, but now that I'm thinking about it, wow. much like Medina's spirits, I think that mm-hmm. this horse was uh, on drugs. It, it's a junkie horse. So mm-hmm. I this am, horse is juicing. Uh, I am going to take away one of those hooves now and put it back uh, at two. Yeah. Just like at the Kentucky just like Derby Yeah, just like Medina's spirits. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, that's how we felt about this book. Maybe you have different opinions if you're one of the 21 people who have reviewed it on Goodreads. We want to hear from you. you Yell at us, guys. Um, I guess that's all I've got for this. I just have to say hi, Boo. Shout out to Boo. If you're listening, (laughs) Boo. Okay, so for our next book. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I need to get a Leo on this podcast. Our next book is part of... (laughs) If anyone knows anything about me, it's that I'm a Taurus. If you know her for more than five minutes, <laughs> she'll let you know. It's true. So I thought it'd be fun to read like a silly um, astrology book for our next book. And um, Gabby Moss, Gabrielle Moss, who wrote Paperback Crush, um, posted a while ago about these the series called The Zodiac Club. And I immediately was like, oh, I have to read these. So this one is called The Zodiac Club, Taurus Troubles, number three in the Zodiac Club series. Wow. Um, I'm pretty excited because Kathy Rosen's got Taurus Trouble. So already I'm into this. So that's what we read for next book is a uh, very May, very Taurus book. It might come out a little bit past Taurus season. I'm sorry. Mm, bad planning. We had to do an emergency episode because True. we had a guest True. in town. But you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> it's my podcast. <laughs> she just threw the book across the I room. can't wait to hear it. So if you have a chance and if you like us, please subscribe to our podcast and rate and review us. And you can support us on patreon.com slash aux audio that's aux audio that's our whole podcast network get bonus stuff from all the podcasts on the network if we when we do bonus episodes that's where they're going to be and you can download full version of the theme song and Mm -hmm. other fun songs from me and our podcast friends and get in our discord chat it up with us we uh we get goofy on there don't we fellas (laughs) fellas yeah, it's for the, it, I, I only say that because the Discord is for the fellas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Crystal, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? I'm just so Plugs. happy to be sitting here next to you in real life. Do you have anything and, to promote? Um, I am promoting wearing a mask, washing <laughs> okay. your hands, Ooh. and socially distancing when needed. And I did want to uh, just uh, wish... The most wonderful, beautiful, amazing, incredible Jessica, my very dearest best friend, a very happy birthday tomorrow. Did we say it's her birthday I tomorrow? I know <laughs> this is going to come out after, but right. everyone needs to know 
This girl is electric. Wish She's amazing. This, wish her a happy birthday. Online. Wish her a happy Taurus season. And I love, I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. I love being here. My ah. Capricorn buddies. <laughs> uh, Josh, what are you promoting? Oh, and hi, hi to my boo. Hi, boo. I will. Uh, I'm promoting my bookstore. <laughs> it is our seven-year anniversary this weekend. What? Which I just, I, I realized that because Facebook told me that. The other day. Do you remember like, oh, when my cousin oh. said that you guys would be open for a year? Yes, I remember. Which <laughs> I mean, cousin? Thaddeus. Oh, fuck off. I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I was doing something and then all, like, he was talking to you guys and then everyone was like, he said you're going to be close to the year. <laughs> fuck off, fuck. dude. <laughs> well, against I think all you were odds. closing the store. <laughs> against all odds. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Against um, all, all, all I've tried to do to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to Hoot and Holler, Josh's other podcast. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, serious, that. no jokes. No goose at all. No goose on that one. Um, <laughs> local politics and such. Uh, listen to my other podcasts on the Ox Network. Mm-hmm. And I already said support us on Patreon. Please do it. God, I'm begging you. Yeah, do it. I Je- feel like doing Do the- it for Jessica's birthday. If- yeah, yeah. <laughs> for my birthday can i just get like five patreon subscribers That'd be I, great. If, I, if you guys support them on patreon josh and i will do a cool runnings podcast yeah <gasps> Ooh, yeah that's that's a bonus no one was that looking at the bonus. camera earlier when i walked over with my computer and held up uh, buddy the camera josh, we can't see you can i tell you that we, you've been frozen in the same position for two hours part. yeah Oh, we, because I stood yeah. in front of that stupid I mean, it's poster a very for about five cute minutes. Picture. Yeah, you're. You look cute and eager to your, talk. Your video doesn't work, buddy. But you've been in that same position but, for a while. Huh. Yeah, uh, no, that that would make great bonus content. Uh, shit, I, I lost my. Josh and I <laughs> are going to do a fear episode very soon. <gasps> there he is! Yeah. Wow, we just had to refresh it. You'll get to play yeah. a song four on that episode. Ooh, a song four. Wild horses. Okay, I guess we should probably sign off. I know Josh. Yeah, and Josh I has to go to bed. I'm very tired. To go to bed. <laughs> but yeah. now I drink that Red Bull and I'm not tired. I just had two 12.5 percent alcoholic beverages. I'm tired from. I just also. drove 750 miles. Oof. Whoa! And and just to do a podcast, folks. <laughs> That's all she came here for, guys. I'm seeing. And Josh could not even be life. here in person. Oh, <laughs> couldn't drive five minutes. <laughs> So, Crystal, thank you for coming on, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And being our guest again, our first three-peat. I'm honored. You're right, should, go down I don't history. even know if we've had a other two-timer, have we? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well, we were in the middle of a pandemic, but maybe, no. Maybe not. I don't think so yet. No one else deserved Soon. it. That's true. Should we let our <laughs> three-timer take us out? She know We already checked earlier. She knows the line. <laughs> Until next time, see you later, horse girls.